Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Rabbi Jeff's Spirit of where we attempt to understand the meaning behind the instructions of our sages and how it's relevant to our lives today. We do this, of course, using the thoughts of our teachers before us and try to make them applicable to our times. Feel free, please, to contact me with any comments or questions at rjfromlj at aol.com. The Pirkei Avis Podcast is a project of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network, where we actively encourage Jews to think and engage in the search of how to be intentionally Jewish. Check us out on intentionaljew.com. Um, this is the second Mishnah in the um, fourth chapter. The Mishnah says that Ben Azay Omer Ben Azay says, Have you wrought the mitzvah kala? That we have to run to a mitzvah kala, to a light mitzvah. Now, in some Mishnayos, it says the words, Kivichamura. Um, it does in our Mishnah that I put up on the side here. Um, it does not say it in all versions of the Mishnah. Um, I'm going to I'm going to teach it with the Kivichamura, that a person has to run to um, to a, a mitzvah kala to do an easy mitzvah, like he has to run to do a hard mitzvah. And a person has to run away from avera, run away from transgression. Shemitzvah goreres mitzvah, that a mitzvah causes another mitzvah to happen, via goreres avera, and a transgression drags with it another transgression. Sheschar mitzvah mitzvah, that the schar, the reward of a mitzvah, is a mitzvah, and the schar of an avera is an avera. There's a few issues with this Mishnah, as we normally do. The way that we learn Mishnayos is that we look at it a little analytically, and we try to and we try to understand what the Mishnah is saying. So the first problem is, is that if you remember back in the second chapter, we actually learned this sentiment already. We learned heavy zohir. A person should be careful with the mitzvah kalah Should be careful with a mitzvah uh, with an easy mitzvah, like he has to be careful with a chamura, with a harder mitzvah, with a more serious mitzvah. And we learned this concept already of being of being careful and precise with mitzvahs, whether they're hard mitzvahs or easy mitzvahs. And, and we questioned over there: Is there such a thing as a hard mitzvah or an easy mitzvah? And we said that, yes, in fact, that the Talmud feels that an easy mitzvah is a mitzvah that doesn't cost any money. A prime example of that, mentioned in a few places in the Talmud, is the mitzvah of sukkah. That the mitzvah of sukkah is considered an easy mitzvah because it didn't cost any money. That was long before Home Depot days, right? It was long before and, and the little schach mats that cost 150 bucks a pop. You know, it was long, long before all that shtick. The sukkah was a really very simple mitzvah. You took whatever was kicking around, you built yourself a little hut, and you had yourself a sukkah. And, and that's called a mitzvah kala. That's an easy mitzvah. Mitzvah chamura is a mitzvah that you have to work a lot harder at. You have to go against your nature. You have to you have to deal with things that are challenges to you. That's a mitzvah chamura. Very nice. But we already know this sentiment that a person has to be careful with a light mitzvah like he does with a heavy mitzvah because you don't know over there in the Mishnah it says because you don't know the matan scharon. You don't know the reward for mitzvahs. And therefore you have to be punctilious and precise and careful with mitzvahs no matter how they look to you. Okay, fine. Very nice. Beautiful. 
why am I repeating the same sentiment over here that you have to be careful with a with a hard mitzvah like an easy mitzvah? What, why why are you presenting that to me here again? As we have learned, we do not repeat things in Pirkei Avos. If something is repeated, it means it's coming to teach me something new. What then is being taught to me new in this Mishnah of heavy zohir? If you look carefully, the language over here is heavy zohir. The 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 language here is I'm I'm sorry. The language here is heavy ruts. You have to run. The language over there in chapter two is heavy zohir. You have to be careful. What's the difference between being careful and running to a mitzvah and being boreach escaping, running away from an avera transgression? Okay, that's question number one. Question number two. What's the what what's the, the general sentiment of the opening line of this Mishnah? What do you, what would you say? Right? If I if I said to you, please, I'd like you to explain this Mishnah to the rest of the class, what would you say? So you'd look at this Mishnah and you'd say, Oh, the Mishnah's saying to me that I have to be careful with observance. I have to run to to a, to, to mitzvos and I have to run away from Averos. Not necessarily. Uh, you know, the, the, the mission that, that would mean that the mission is teaching me about observance and that it's telling me that I have to, that, that I have to be careful with the observance of mitzvahs. I have to run to do mitzvahs. I have to stay away from doing averas. That's not really a theme of a mission in Pirkei That's more like the Torah tells us that. Do mitzvahs and don't do averas. Like, why do I need the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos and ethics of the fathers to tell me about you know, running towards doing mitzvahs and running away from doing averos. Third problem, it's telling me that the reward of a mitzvah is a mitzvah, the reward of a transgression is a transgression. Why am I talking about rewards? Many of you will remember that for many Mishnayos where it talked about rewards, we asked the same question. We established in the very beginning of chapter one that we do not do things for rewards. We do not keep mitzvahs because we're going to get rewarded for them. That's not why we keep them. We keep them because they're the best thing for us to live by. They're the, they're, they are the purpose of our existence, not because we're going to get rewarded for them. Why then would this Mishnah underline and say to us, by the way, you should know that a reward for a mitzvah is a mitzvah. Who cares what the reward is? Rewards don't matter. We do not do things for rewards. And my, my fourth problem is, is that what are these two things that are, the three things that are being mentioned in the Mishnah? How do they tie in together? The first is run to a mitzvah, run away from an Avera. Second is one mitzvah causes another mitzvah to happen, one Avera causes another Avera to happen. And the third thing is that the reward of a mitzvah is a mitzvah, the reward of an Avera is an Avera. Are those things connected to each other? Are they three separate statements? What exactly is going on here in this Mishnah? So I'll tell you what I think this Mishnah is teaching me, different than the other Mishnah that talks about being careful with mitzvahs. I think heavy Zohir, being careful with mitzvahs in the other Mishnah, where it says, be careful with mitzvah, like light ones as, as heavy ones. You have to be careful with them because you don't know really the ultimate value of things. You don't know which mitzvah is worth more. You know, if I were to ask you, what do you think is worth more, fasting on Yom Kippur or fasting on on um, Esther's fast, on the on on, on Tainus Esther, I I dare say that every single person in this in this class would say Yom Kippur, do me a favor. Of course, Yom Kippur is more important. I'm not sure. I don't know. You're going to tell me, but wait a second, Rabbi. Yom Kippur is a Doraisa. It's a Torah commandment. The, the other is just a is just a rabbinic commandment. 
Yeah, but but who's not to say that a Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't look at rabbinic mitzvos, maybe even in a more serious way than Torah commandments? Who knows how much ultimate value God places on the things that we do? What that mission is teaching me is teaching me that in an intellectual way, I have to be as connected to light mitzvahs as to heavy mitzvahs, to rabbinical, to biblical. But it's more about an intellectual understanding of the purpose and the place of mitzvahs. And what this mission is telling me, when it says that I have to rutz, I have to run, and I have to be boreach, and I have to run away, it's telling me that my approach to mitzvahs is there has to be an emotional attachment to the mitzvahs and to the things that I do. That it can't just be about an intellectual understanding of that this is an important thing to do, but there has to be a love relationship with the mitzvahs that we do. There has to be an emotional relationship. Shabbos can't just be about the halachos of Shabbos. It can't just be about the laws of Shabbos, about keeping the commandment of Shabbos. There has to be an emotion to Shabbos. There has to be an emotional attachment, an enthusiasm, an alacrity, an, ex- an emotional experience. And that's why it uses the words ruts, that we have to run to a mitzvah, not go do a mitzvah. And it's not about performance of a mitzvah. It's about ruts. It's about the sense inside of us that we're running to do something. Avram Avinu is sitting three days after his brismila, talking to God. He looks out and he sees the, the three wayfarers and he sees the three travelers. And what does it say? It says, ruts the him. He runs to get them to go and to greet them because running Running means that I'm I'm attached to this. I'm emotional about it. There's an excitement and enthusiasm about it. And that is something that needs to be the basis of our experience in commandments. You know, the Torah tells us, that we have to guard the matzos. And that's in essence the commandment of shmura matzah. That we have to take matzah, we have to take the wheat, and we have to be careful with it to make sure that no water come to get, touches the wheat and that no water gets into the process until water is put into the process in order to ensure that there is no chametz, there is no chimutz, and nothing goes gets spoiled in the process of making matzos. Our rabbis make a drasha on those words, and they say, Ushmartem es matzos means Ushmartem es ha Mitzvot. Now, if you look at the word matzot and you look at the word mitzvot, it's the same word. Ushmatem es a mitzvot means that you have to guard the mitzvot. Then a mitzvah lebal yadcha, then a mitzvah comes to your hand, altach mitzana, don't let it become chametz. You have to you have to guard it and protect it and be emotionally attached to it. So, our rabbis asked the question. It's a cute play on words, but why would you teach me that idea over here by the commandment of matzah? by the commandment of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim when we left Egypt, to remember Zechel Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, to remember the exodus of Egypt. Why now are you teaching me this idea of Shmatem as a Matzos or Shmatem as a Mitzvos? Because what the rabbis are telling us is, is that tonight, as we leave Egypt, the thing that you need to know is that it's not just intellectually take care of and protect the wheat to make sure that it doesn't become chametz. 
but ushmartem is a mitzvah. This has to has to has to go out into, and it has to it has to work its way into every single mitzvah you perform. There has to be that excitement, that enthusiasm. There has to be that emotional experience. It can't just be about doing, about intellectually performing what God wants us to perform. There has to be a sense of emotion. There has to be a sense of of emotion. There has to be a sense of love. By Moshe Rabbeinu, God comes to him and tells him that when we come into Eretz Yisrael, there's going to be three cities of refuge in the land of Israel. And there's going to be three cities of refuge outside the land of Israel. Three of them in Transjordan, where the two and a half tribes are going to live. Moshe Rabbeinu sets up those three cities of refuge in Transjordan very quickly, even though they're useless. They can't do anything, those cities of refuge, until he sets up the cities of refuge in the land of Israel. Because the only way that the three in Transjordan can work is when all six are in place, when the other three inside of Israel are set up. Nevertheless, Moshe Rabbeinu quickly, speedily sends them up, sets them up, because Moshe Rabbeinu understands that this is a mitzvah, this is something that a tzivoy, a command, it's something God wants of him, and therefore he wants to do it for God. He wants to do it and bring this into the world because he's emotionally attached to serving God. He's not merely intellectually attached to serving God. He is emotionally attached to serving God. There is, for me, my when I say my, my favorite Pusik in the Torah, everybody's got a Pusik that resonates very strongly with them. One of the psukim that resonates very strongly with me is in the Torah on the curses. In Parshish Kisavai, we're taught about the curses that are leveled against the Jewish people if we don't keep the mitzvahs. And in the middle of that section, scary section of the Torah, that talks about all the terrible things that are going to happen to us, many of our rabbis say, if you look at it carefully, you can read the Holocaust into that parish in Parshish Kisavai. That every single thing that it says in Parshish Kisavai, this will happen to you, this will happen to you, this will happen to you, is exactly what happened to us in the time of the Holocaust. This is a frightening section of the Torah. When it's read in shul, the, the chazan lowers his voice, the balkore lowers his voice, and he reads it in a very soft kind of way. So as if almost to say that, you know, we just want to get through this, we just have to do this, we have an obligation, but we don't really want to focus on this. In that section, there is an incredible verse that says, Tachas asher lo avadato that because you have not served the Lord your God with happiness, with joy, and a gladness of heart. And what the Torah is telling us is, is that why are all these terrible tragedies happening to us? Why is every single one of these things taking place in the Jewish people? Because we did not serve God with joy. Now I have a problem with that. First of all, we're never commanded in the Torah to serve God with joy. If the Hashem B'Simcha is not a Pasuk in the Torah, there is no obligation for simcha. There's v'samach de'bechagecha. Sukkot, we have an obligation. The holidays, we have an obligation to have simcha. But in general, to serve God with a simcha, it doesn't say it explicitly in the Torah. How could it be that God's going to bring all these tragedies to us because we didn't serve him with simcha? And th- that's problem number one. And problem number two, I could understand if you tell me that we stopped observing mitzvahs and that's why God smashes us. I could get that. You tell me that we stopped, we stopped serving, we stopped keeping mitzvahs. I could understand. But to tell me just because I'm not happy about doing mitzvahs, because I don't serve God with joy, that's a reason to destroy, that's a reason to, to, that the Jewish people are punished. 
So our rabbis explain amazingly. Shh. Our rabbis explain amazingly that the concept of simcha, it does not have to be commanded in the Torah. But by definition, there needs to be simcha because what is simcha? Simcha is an emotional attachment. Simcha is the realization that what I'm doing is valuable. What I'm doing is meaningful. What I'm doing is the very essence of my life. And you feel a sense of joy and happiness. You know, when a person feels miserable about what they're doing, when a person has a job and they hate their job, they can't continue in their job. When a person is not happy with their life, it's very difficult to continue doing what you're doing. And therefore, when we're showing signs of wear and tear, when we're showing signs that we're not enjoying what we're doing, that's when a Kodesh Baruch Hu sends us these punishments in order to be able to wake us up and to get us back on track. The reason why all this happens, all these curses happen, is because we are showing signs of wear and tear. And what are the signs of wear and tear? When we're not emotionally attached to what we're doing. When we don't have that sense of simcha, that sense of joy. If we stop doing mitzvahs, it's too late already. God can't wake us up anymore. We're dead. You can't, you can't revive a dead person. But when we're showing signs of wear and tear, when we're showing that we're not happy, we don't enjoy it, what we're showing is we're not emotionally attached to it. Because at the end of the day, what is expected of us is not merely just to do mitzvahs. But what's expected of us is to have an emotional attachment, an emotional experience to what we're doing. So often, the things that we do, we do to check them off a list. We do to say, you know what? I davened today. Check. I, I did a chesed today. Check. I acted like a mensch today. Check. As opposed to looking at it and saying, what, can I, what situation can I get myself involved in that I can help another yid today? What situation can I get involved in that I can reach out to another person? I can make a telephone call and bring a smile to another person's face. What did I do today to make this world into a happier place? Because I am emotionally invested and involved in the things that I am doing. Understand that when you have this emotional experience and that when you have this emotional relationship, so then it sets the stage for doing more goodness. And know that the opposite is true also. That if you approach Averos with speed and with alacrity, if you approach them with this sense of, with, with a desire, if you approach them with this, with this attachment to them, with this enthusiasm and excitement, then understand that it puts you in the place of Averos. And that's what the mission is saying to me that you have to understand that a mitzvah goreres mitzvah, that if you have enthusiasm once, you'll have enthusiasm twice. If you have this emotional relationship with one thing you do, it will build to everything you do. But understand that if you have an emotional relationship to doing the wrong thing, so then that's going to drag you in that direction also. And then understand that if you have an emotional attachment to, to negativity, if you get what's called a geschmack, you get an enjoyment that of doing something wrong is its own transgression. It's not just the thing you did wrong, but it's the fact that you took an emotional benefit and a pleasure from it. And that's what the mission is teaching me. What the mission is teaching me is, is that I have an obligation not only to perform mitzvahs, 
but I have an obligation to rutz and boreach, to run towards mitzvahs, to run away from averos, to feel a sense of an emotional connection, an emotional connection to doing the right thing and an emotional desire to stay away from doing the wrong thing. Because understand that if I build my emotions in the right way, if I use my emotional attachments to attach myself to positive things, then that will create a positive energy and aura around me that will keep me involved and engaged in doing positive things. But understand that it works the negative way also. That if I if my emotional energy is expended and enjoys attaching myself to negative things, then it will open that avenue up for me and it will attach me to that also. Because understand that the schar of a mitzvah, the reward of a mitzvah, is the desire to do a mitzvah itself, is that emotional attachment to the mitzvah itself. And understand that the reward for the Avera, Part of the of the of the recompense for the avera is the avera, not just the doing of the avera, but that emotional attachment to it. And what this mission is teaching me is the mission is teaching me that it's not about doing, it's about feeling. That it's not about performing, it's not about observing, but it is about being emotionally attached to serving Hashem and to building a relationship with God. You know, you've heard me say it before, and you'll hear me say it many, many times, that I firmly believe that the difference between an, an observant Jew and a one who has a relationship with God, those two are not even first cousins to each other. In other words, an observant Jew is a beautiful thing, but an observant Jew is a person who follows commandments not necessarily emotionally invested in them, but will follow them punctiliously and precisely. But that's not our job. Our job is not to be observant Jews. Our job is to create a relationship with the master of the universe. And the only way to create a relationship with God is to feel emotionally invested to understand that this, everything that I do is building that relationship. Everything I do is connecting myself to Hashem and to feel that sense. Like I mentioned before, Shabbos, davening, holidays, they're not just things. These are experiences where we feel the presence of Hashem. And if we don't, so then our job is to rutz is to run towards them, to find a way to fill them with that feeling and with that meaning so that, in fact, they become these emotional experiences that they're meant to be. Okay. That is um, today's Mishnah. I'm sorry, it came in two shots. But, but it's, a, uh, I think, a, I think an, important, an important idea and a beautiful idea to recognize that it's not just about observance, but about emotions. Mirza Hashem, tomorrow we will go on to Mishnah Gimel.